Hey everyone, uh, thank you actually for all of you guys who tuned into the first uh, pod, the inaugural Goldhawk pod. I'm surprised 16 of us actually listened. Um, so, what up Roger? This is what happens when you doubt us. We're better than you think. Uh, we actually <laughs> ended up getting quite a few number of viewer, uh, listeners, so thank you guys for listening and hopefully we can get some boring... I'm bored, so I thought I could just talk about some basketball. All right. uh, this podcast... Or this, whatever this is, man. Uh, we decided to have Nikki, Nikki come in. Nikki, I've known since about elementary school, uh, kind of growing up together, and you know he shares the same kind of fanatic passion that we do for basketball. And Roger is watching Stranger Things, um, <laughs> so he clearly doesn't share the same passion anymore. <laughs> no, nah, I guess Stranger Things season three is uh, more important. Have you have you listened to it, or have uh, you watched yeah. it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I finished it yesterday with my girlfriend. Um, it was the best of the three seasons, I would say. Um, like I would say, I would say it's a little bit better than the first season, just because the first season was like pure setup. The whole idea was like pretty cool, throwbacks to like you know a lot of uh, '80s references and things of that nature. Um, but season three is definitely a much more action path overall, and they gave enough like proportion to each of the characters' storylines. So. Um, and like the main part of Stranger Things is like you feel like you're friends of these kids and you know all these characters. So uh, definitely watch it right after this when we finish this podcast. Go watch it, man. Uh, did my guy get it, finally get laid or, or at least get a kiss or something or what? Yo, if you seen have you seen the tra- I don't know if they show it in the trailers, but I mean, of course this guy you know is getting. He, he finally gets it. Him. He got he gets some little yeah. action. Yeah, man. Just a little, hey. just a little smooch. Hey, what's it? What's the name again? Mike. Yeah, my Mike guy Mike. Mike. My guy Mike. And what's the what's the alien girl's name? Uh, alien girl. Eight. Uh, eight. Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Shout out to. <laughs> Would you say eight? <laughs> yeah, I said eight. <laughs> shout out to my guy Mike for, for finally making the move after, three seasons. Um. Uh, all right. So, you know, I'm sure you heard how we kind of talked about, just random shit for the last. Uh, last pod, a uh, couple of people said that it went too long about us talking about the history of the Raptors, and I kind of agree. I think it went for like 40 minutes, so I'm going to cut that one down. But I'd love to know your kind of start into the Raptors or basketball in general and what kind got you started. And the reason Ooh. the reason we have we call you Nikki Lefty Lung is because you're a right-handed guy who famously wanted to uh, model your game behind Mike Conley, I believe, and have uh, have become ambidextrous. So you're a lefty shout guy, Tina. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to my guy Mike Conley for uh, he's the same thing too. Eh? He's also a right-handed guy, but um, plays uh, lefty. Yeah, uh, I think it was in for me getting into basketball. It was in like grade six, and um, pretty much like I don't know. I didn't really enjoy hockey a whole lot, or everybody else did. Um, but I spent a lot of time just playing ball. Um, and, uh, yeah, so pretty much me trying to be, like, left-handed and stuff like that was more so just for me to really strengthen my left hand because I had no left hand playing ball. And, you know, when you when you only have one side, like Chris Paul, like, you know, it's like you're kind of um, limited in that sense. So, uh, but, yeah, so I, the more I worked on it, shooting left-handed and, and whatever – um, doing all you know everything like eating left hand and things like that to help me strengthen my left hand um, for 
for many years and even to this day. And so now, now when I'm playing basketball and Tim, you know, um, this best is, uh, you know, when I'm driving towards the rim, I'll actually prefer going left. I have this like right to left crossover and I get to the rim like that. But, uh, probably if, you know, if people, people know me well and, you know, they know I like to go left a whole lot. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of watching basketball, first time I watched it was like Roger said last time, pretty much like the later, later Carter days. Um, and uh, and Michael Jordan when he was in the Wizards. I don't remember how long he was in the Wizards for. Three years. The, the, the trash years. The trash years is what you're talking about. Where the man yeah, still exactly. averaged. He played like the 21, 22 point average, and he ended up still being the team still ended up being kind of like four or five hundred, I think it was. And yeah, yeah didn't do anything. Um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, um, Mike like the 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 washed Mike, which is kind of weird well, to say. The, that. Yeah, so he, he wasn't washed. It was just a. The, ge- the team itself was compared to his original, his his prime Jordan years. Yeah. Um, but I would say, like, just watching Raptors basketball, honestly, watching, um, you know, the Carter and just him kind of, like, just going in games. And just, I would still, still to this day, I still stand by it that he's, like, the best in-game dunker. I can't say for those guys back in, like, Jordan's era because I didn't watch Jordan's era. So I can't really comment on that. But what I watched was Carter and in-game. Him, Kobe... Like guys like that. Um, well, that's like, hardly a hard, hot take. Everybody know. Everybody considers him a in-game dunker. Come on, Nikki. Yeah, but still, some people, some people, somebody might disagree oh, when okay. they're comparing like different eras. Well, they're and... stupid. It's okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> they're stupid. So it's okay. Yeah. Uh, um, this guy was like arguably. A, there were parts of conversations where they said he was on par with Kobe overall, and this guy, you know, he did what he did. We everybody knows about that. So yeah. Yeah. Which he, uh, I hope he uh, retires as a Raptor or something. Cause I hope he uh, doesn't. Man, whatever. It's over. Vince is over. Thanks a lot. You were here. You helped make basketball a thing. No biggie, but that whole thing with him retiring here, I think it's just all, all the kids like our age now just want it just for the meme, I guess. Rather than yeah. it being a th- I think it would have been cool like if he actually retired maybe at 35 and you know stuff was still in memory. But, I mean, that's your opinion, I guess. Yeah. All right. Go oh, on. Sorry. Um, continue. Yeah. Uh, so. So yeah. So that's pretty much when I started watching ball. Um, and then just the more that I got into it, I pretty much like everything. Everything that I watched on YouTube, like everything I did on my spare time, was just all related to ball. Shout out uh, the b-ball breakdown guy, Coach Nick, and <laughs> watching a lot of his videos <laughs> and just kind of understanding, like even watching those kind of videos and kind of like understanding all the X's and O's kind of makes you think about the game differently and when you think about the game differently from uh, you know a viewer's perspective when you're playing the game yourself then you'll think about uh you know uh you know kind of how you should you know sculpt your offense how, how you should play defense how you should read your the defense when, when people are coming in and helping where you should make your passes and making reads um i definitely feel like i have improved in my reads and you know on the pick and roll and and things of that nature. So, um, did you ever get dunked so, on? I have not. <laughs> I have thrown. I have thrown a successful lob. Oh yeah. Uh, to, who, do you remember? To, uh, to Kalen. Um, this is uh, ah. my Gohawk like many summers ago, and uh, I stole the ball on the fast break, and uh, I saw Kalen streaking in on the left side, and which is me and him. Honestly, I could have just passed it up to him, like you know, as as we usually do. But uh, I was like, you know what? Based on the speed that he's coming in. He can probably catch this one. I threw it up. He caught it, dunked it, and I was like, hey, hey. 
You live vicariously through him. You, you dunked. Nicky, it was you who dunked that. It wasn't him. You, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's got to be the point guard, though. Throwing the perfect pass, man. All right. So that's good. So I started with VC, kind of continued. We watched some uh, tutorials on online, got better with it. So yeah. who, who who's your favorite uh, Raptor? My favorite Raptor? Um, I honestly would say uh, Kyle Lowry. Um, I know... I, I don't know if that's kind of like a typical answer nowadays. I don't remember what Roger said last time. I feel like I, did he say Kyle Lowry? I don't remember if he said Kyle Lowry. It's his favorite Raptor. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. My memory's trash, bro. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, no, but like, okay, yeah. all right. You, that that's not. I don't think that's a hot. That's not necessarily an unpopular opinion anymore. Just because I think the championship complete that game, what was it game six? Completely changed him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, he also he play, he also played a lot harder after too, cause like his like grandma passed away or something like that, um, yeah. in like fifth game or sixth game or whatever. Um, so that definitely gave him a lot more motivation uh, to you know play, you know, win for his grandma and, and things like that. Um, but I consider Lowry my uh, pick for greatest Raptor of all time, just because. He's he's a kind of he's a kind of guy that really resembles like heart and uh, and just grit and people you know when people use the term dog to kind of describe the way that he plays whether it's on offense whether it's on defense and I mean you got to give it to the guy who like takes the most charges out of like or one of the people that takes the most charges of the entire league right and to kind of give your body up like that and when you know some big dudes running in the way and you know Lowry slides in whether he gets the charge or not like. You know, he still does his best to try to um, create more opportunities for the team to, uh, you know, do the runs and, and things like that and win games. So just simply for the heart alone, uh, I pick him. I was thinking about picking DeRozan, but I find that, you know, I, I respect everything that DeRozan did for the city. He definitely put the city and the country on his back, but... Um, I think that he he let a lot of his emotions dictate the game for himself and the, for the rest of the team, and you, you can't have that. Do you follow this guy on Instagram? Uh, Demar? Yeah. No, uh, I don't think so. actually. He's our I'm emotion. Liar. He's our emotional emotional raptor, man. This guy's literally every other day he has some kind of emotional uh, black screen with text across of it. You know, don't let the haters teach you how to live your life or some shit like that yeah i think he had one yesterday too so oh yeah, yeah. he's still he's still probably like bitter about the whole trade thing but i mean like you know to be emotional is fine i think sometimes you have to have some emotion here so, his, sorry sorry his, his most latest yeah. one was the hardest walk you can make is the walk you can make alone but that is the walk that makes you the strongest uh uh, uh. <laughs> some bars cool <laughs> bars. Somebody throw. Somebody throw a beat behind that. That's some bars. Dame, Dame can probably. Dame, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my guy, Dame. Shout out to my guy, Dame. Okay, so all right, so Kyle Lowry is your favorite Raptor. Yeah. Mike Conley is your favorite player. You can say. Um. Or no. No. He's he's one of my top favorite players. My, my favorite player has to be Dame. Like. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I I would say because I I started watching him um in his rookie year and just in his first game right off the bat twenty four and eleven um Damn, just my guy didn't really the stats. have 
Yo, listen, I, I remember my ball stuff, man. Uh, especially my guy Dame. Uh, but yeah, twenty four and eleven, he was playing the powerhouse Lakers at the time. Uh, Dwight, Steve, uh, you know, Metal World Peace, Pow, Kobe, um, and uh, I remember because I, I watched, I follow, you know, the documentaries that he made at the beginning, his first like year or two years, and uh, I remember he said like, you know, just his first shot felt good. He stepped out of bounds, he hit a three, but then the next shot, the next shot that he made was just like a pull up deep three off of a screen because they were sagging, um, you know, kind of, kind of going beneath the screen. And I was like, from day one, I was like, yo, this guy has no fear hitting big shots. And we've seen that over and over again. And, uh, and he just doesn't have that, like, um, you know, emotional he swagger. He has a swagger. swagger, right? Yeah, he doesn't yeah. let anything <laughs> affect him, you know? And, and, uh, and, and he really like, is a guy that's like, what you really want in a leader um and that's as much as i can i'm trying to model my game a little bit after him um but okay, okay. if you see me shooting deep threes that's because dame shot them <laughs> so right. he's he's our inspiration for your for uh shooting those three i respect that i respect that all right so all right got the history of it now let's get some let's get into the shits all right kawaii's gone all right the first first, first topic of today kawaii's gone how, how are you handling this? Honestly, so so here's the thing. I know I I was listening to your pod uh, last time, and uh, I know I think both you and we we assumed that. that he went to the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, either way, it was an LA LA team and not back to Toronto. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know if it was wishful thinking or or whatever. Um, but I had the hope that he was going to return to Toronto. Um, just in the simple fact of just the idea of like running it back and you know kind of build the trust with the team and those things are kind of hard to overlook you know and and things like that um i thought that uh yeah so i thought they would run it back but then kind of as the time went on seeing all these reports about lakers being the front runner i'm like this guy's not going to join a super team i think everybody including myself kind of like forgot about the clippers and kind of that they were in the run um you were just thinking like lakers and toronto and that's that's it so um, I was asleep by the time when, when the news came out, but uh, a friend of mine texted me and a text my text the, the next morning at like six in the morning and saw that the trade went down. Um, my guy but, wakes up at six o'clock on a Saturday. Good job. Good for you, man. No, honestly. <laughs> Welcome. My ass woke up at eleven o'clock. I see like hundred and fifty texts from our uh, our WhatsApp group. Everybody's That's like, so "Oh shit! Can't believe this happened." I see Paul George's name in there. I'm like, "What?" Yeah, that's yeah. Let's let's talk about that for a second. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. For for I want I want to knock it. Don't worry. We we potting, man. I, I got the whole thing. Right, let me let uh-huh. me hear about the quiet thing for you. Sorry, finish finish the thought. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So I checked, I checked my text at six in the morning and uh, and saw the news came out and I don't think I was I was sad that obviously he decided to you know uh, go to a, a different team. I was happy that he didn't go to the Lakers because I would have changed my entire outlook about him as a person. If he went to the Lakers, but I was at the, the entire time, regardless of whether he was gonna go to the Raptors or whatever, um, I kind of thought he wasn't that kind of person. You know what I mean? He doesn't join a super team. He beats super teams. So um, this guy so, is yeah, a mastermind, so, man. Yeah, right. he honestly is. He's the master like recruiter. Like, think just think about all how all the if, events like kind of unfolded, right? right? Like this guy was like talking nothing the whole time, and in within those. You know, uh, those couple of days when people were like, "Oh yeah, you're seeing um, the 
the the plane come to San Diego and go to Toronto <laughs> and people following with helicopter and stuff like that. Yo, within that time, this guy talked to Paul George, right? But do you and, think that stuff was all like orchestrated, or do you think that was legitimate? Like, I personally got into the mindset. I was watching this thing happen. And I'm like, all right, this man is coming to Toronto. He's probably just packing up some shit, or you know, his fam picking up his family or something. Rather yeah. than some orchestra of, oh, we need to divert some attention. Out, out, like, uh, remember the Miami free agency where literally people were tracking where airplanes were, where agents were. And where the, the Hampton Five stuff happened where people were tracking too. Yeah, I, I think I think I thought the same way as well. I didn't think that, um, you know, that I, I, I was leaning more towards the idea of him picking his family up or him having to pack some stuff up and kind of go back to San Diego and stuff like that. But... Overall, it was just wishful thinking that he was going to come back to Toronto. Um, him leaving, I can't blame him for that. Like, he wants to go home. He did what he, um, like, pretty much promised to do in a sense, right? Like, he came here one year, brought in Gasol, won a championship. He's going home. Like, I can't blame the guy for that. Um, him going to the Clippers, especially with Paul George, I think they put themselves in great position to uh, run the West. Um, we'll definitely have to see kind of how his health and Paul George's health um, kind of transpires throughout the the rest of the season. Um, how are they going to, you know, do the whole load management thing? Like, how are they going to monitor um, his minutes and stuff like that? Um, how many of the other guys in, on their team can step up and, and things of that nature? Um, okay, I okay. Think... okay. Wait, 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 wait. You're jumping way too far ahead. Let, let, yeah. Let's take it back a little bit. So Kawhi does this thing, right? Um, in your opinion, you thought he's coming back or he's going to Lakers? I thought, yeah, I thought he was coming back. Okay, so uh, to like what the one and one and or the five year, one and one. Um, because because especially with uh, Raptors having four guys or something like that with expiring contracts after the next season, mm-hmm. one and one would have made sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, All right. Now you're watching what? The Woj, Twitter, Mark Stein, Adrian, Wojnarowski. Uh, yo, Woj, Woj is the guy. Yo, his his news okay. is like the the the, the Fine, shit. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, continue. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the Woj was the guy. Yeah. I had I, I I literally got Twitter just for that reason, and I started following all these guys like Woj, Mark Stein, like Bill Simmons, like everybody. You know what I mean? And. Uh, and had the notifications on and stuff like that, but yeah, it was it was the world one that was uh, that I was mainly paying attention to. Do you listen to sorry sidebar? Do you listen to Bill Simmons' latest pod when he's talking about this whole stuff with uh, Chris Maddox? Yo, absolutely. This guy, I swear, whenever he hears anything about the lake and anything bad happening to the Lakers, literally has the biggest heart on I've ever heard anybody have in a podcast. It's just like <laughs> Bill oh, Simmons is hilarious. Oh, what? No, I mean, the Lakers. What are you doing? You, you you couldn't get Kawhi, Plinka, Magic like oh, this. It, it's kind of funny. It's kind of unnecessary, but um, I yeah, guess you but guys that's just the style, though. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So the Woj thing happens. You're watching Woj. Do you? Th- my, the reason I'm asking about this is, do you think these guys had any insight throughout this whole process into where he was going? Like Jalen said, 99% he's staying in Toronto. Like that stuff. Do you think that these guys had realistically any uh, any idea what the hell is going on? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether uh, some of these guys actually had in, inside information. Um, somebody, I remember I read somewhere Chris Carter on, uh, was it um, one of those ESPN things? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, supposedly he's like relatively close to Kawhi's camp and, and things like that. Um, but I put, I put zero stock, except for Woj. I put zero stock in what anybody else says, just because. Well, Mark Stein too. He he does a pretty good job. Um, Mark Stein, I don't follow as much. I know who he is. I don't follow him as much. Okay. But Woj is kind of like the guy who's probably the most like well known out there in terms of like accurate free agency news or trade talks and things like that. So, um, you know what's funny about Chris Carter too? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah go ahead. This guy literally said no decision is going to be made tonight. We'll have to wait till tomorrow or some shit like that. Yeah. Literally like four or five hours later at two o'clock in the morning. The decision comes out. <laughs> it, like it shows you how little these guys actually know when it comes to a lot of these things. And yeah, yeah, it, I know. It, it annoys me too because like so much conversation that happens about literally everything is surrounded by what these guys are reporting. So like narratives get posted, guys literally lose their jobs because of what they're saying, and 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 their position kind of get altered because of that, right? And then you yeah. have a situation where like Oladipo, for example, uh. All these negative kind of press comes out. Everybody starts to think he's shit, and it turns out actually he just was in a bad system. Uh, this yeah. guy actually does know how to play basketball pretty goddamn well. And then we start forming these narratives, and then it completely ruins so much of basketball, in my opinion. And yeah. I'm that's one of the big and the reason I'm talking about this is that's why I'm so happy kind of Kawhi did what he did. And also shout out to Uncle Dennis because I don't think. Kawhi was orchestrating all of this by himself. Like, we have seen how much influence Uncle Dennis seems to have on, on this guy. And oh, Uncle yeah, Dennis sure. is no, like, um, no slouch. He is apparently a finance major, and, and you know, he's not a stupid guy. Um, so, thank you, Kawhi, for that, I think. Because, like, fuck, man. I'm so sick and tired of these guys have The reporters should not have this much power in the NBA. This is, it's agreed. This is the, like, my biggest thing. Alright, I'm gonna go on a rant here. Yeah. This is, this is the most bullshit thing about this current NBA. I love player empowerment. I love the fact that all these guys can go everywhere, minus the whole KD thing that was annoying. But how the hell is it reporters working for ESPN who legitimately sh- uh, should not have so much power that, you know, people consider them, like, the 31st team, that they can li- they can change the whole landscape just because they're reporting. And they have... This is, I think, one of the good things that's happened for ESPN, maybe for the league, but from a fan standpoint, you're just getting bullshit and bombarded with so much nonsense that, you know, it just becomes a whole kind of unnecessary thing. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's, uh, I guess that's kind of their job to just try to put as many narratives as they, as they can out there to uh, keep things entertaining whether they're right or wrong like think about think about how wrong like Jalen Rose was right like the freaking like 99% first of all it's just like when he said that I was like that's not true yeah well <laughs> no he was smart in that too he's like 99% uh, there's a chance or something like that he said what was it <sighs> I don't know I just, all I know is just like a 99% chance that he was gonna like come back to the Raptors or something yeah, kind of yeah. one and one and stuff like that. And then you see Chris Carter's uh, tweet or report or something like that saying that, like, no, that's not true. Like, no, nothing was ever discussed about a, a short-term deal. Which yeah. Which obviously, you know, was true because he ended up signing a four-year and took less money. Um, and I think people 
people probably guessed if he was leaving. Um, if he stayed with Toronto, he probably would sign a one and one. If he left, then he probably would have signed a kind of a short term, like um, what's it called? Not short term, like a four year ish kind of deal, just because the four year um, one, uh, four year one forty one. Yeah, something like that. Um, just because he like if he really you know was chasing the money aspect of you know like san antonio gave would have given him a lot of money if he stayed right or if he stayed with toronto like um i think raptors had the had the room to offer him like a five-year or something like that I remember. yeah we had a five-year 220 million dollar yeah something like that mm-hmm. so just clearly this guy was, wasn't about money he wanted to sign a relatively long-term ish deal going to you know play in, in the city that he grew up in that's all he wanted and and I respect that, man. This guy just literally... How badass of a motherfucker is this guy? Comes in, gets traded, he says, you know what, I'm going to work my ass off, I'm going to win a championship, I'm going to dip. <laughs> like, how Honestly. many teams... That, like, 12 teams have won the championship in, in history, and he happens to be on two different teams doing it. One of which he says, deuces to and just leaves. Yeah. That's, that's the, insane. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so, that's done. This man calls... Uh, calls I think he called KD he called Kyrie yeah. I think both of them seemed to wanted to go to New York which I think is a pod in itself and it might take too long so we're not going to talk about it today I don't think um, so he calls them I think they pretty much said oh thanks but we kind of had a plan of sorts to kind of go to New York already um, I think he also called Jimmy but I think Jimmy just loves Miami and Champagne and Campaign down in South Beach uh, yeah for sure so I, I guess he called Paul George, which is I think the reason. I think personally he probably wanted Paul George quite a bit, but just the contract aspect he probably didn't call him first. Yeah. And to be able to, the the funnest thing I and I do agree with Bill Simmons on this in the Laker hate is how he managed to say okay I'm considering you guys, delay the whole trade aspect of um, you know the whole Atlanta. New Orleans, New Orleans kind of swap so that they could facilitate facilitate the trade. They he more or less kind of played the whole system in a way that where he delayed him, it delayed them, and they ended up uh, using that as leverage and getting Paul George to come over to the Clippers. And shout out to Sam Presti as well, man. Like this guy got quite possibly one of the best hauls you could have gotten in a situation. We'll see how those picks kind of convey in the future. Yeah. But being able to kind of get those many picks for a superstar and Shea Gilgis Alexander, shout out Canadian and Gallo and Gallo, and they can turn that Gallo contract into even more picks probably uh, from Portland or something like that. Like yeah, it, it's insane how crazy of a you know twenty four forty eight hours kind of thing happened. Now all of a sudden you have the Clippers with Paul George. And Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> along with um, arguably one of the best benches in the in the league, with Lou Will Montrezl and Sam Presti somehow finagles them into getting all these picks, right? Yeah, that's that's crazy. I think, yeah, I, I think it wasn't even just about like getting the Paul George part for the Clippers, just like the amount of picks and and players, like nine people in total, right, or something like that, that they gave over to uh to okc i mean that clearly tells you um kind of what what mode the clippers are in yeah. um like it's a definitely like a win now 
like they're not even thinking about the present. I mean, the future because they have nothing really in the future, right? Except for those picks, yeah. and uh, and they're like, right now we got to win. You know, Kawhi's coming back home. Got we get Paul George. Like, got to win. Um, yeah, I think I think they'll 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 do all right. But let's watch the first like twenty to thirty games, see how how everything plays out. Yeah. Okay. So looking at now, the de- uh, just kind of looking at the landscape, who do you think is the better team in LA? I'll give you, in, in case you don't have the depth chart in front of you, right now it's looking like the Clippers are going to have Patrick Beverly at point guard. Um, they're probably going to run him and Lou Will on and off, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Landry Sh- uh, Shamit. I love that guy, by the way. Me too. Um, at the two. I think they're still not done probably at the two. They're going to finagle something, I think. Uh, yeah, Paul, I agree. They're gonna, they have Paul George, Rodney Magruder, and Tyrone Wallace. I'm a big Rodney Magruder fan. I think that guy is a baller and super athletic, pretty good at defense. And I think he is in a perfect system where he's just going to get the opportunity with Lou Will to kind of just go out there and score. Yeah, just a role player. Yeah. And uh, you have Kwai, J. Michael Green, Wilson Chandler. Those That's a great, long, lengthy... That was a super underrated pickup, by the way, is J. Michael Green. Um, that guy... In, in the Grizzlies last year, and uh, who, he got traded to, right? To Denver? No. Where'd he go? Jim I don't remember, honestly. Yeah, so he was he was on the Grizzlies and the Clippers last year, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you picked them up. You have a super deep kind of at the forward, and then at the center you have Montrezl's hero. With, I'm like, whatever, with Zubach. I think that, that always gets included into the Lakers conversation because of how stupid uh, – they, the media kind of wants to make them sound. I don't think he's that great. I think he's like, whatever, anyways. He's barely getting minutes. He had a two-week run where he did really well, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, holy shit, Oveka Zubac. He's okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Montreal's Herald, right? So, so that's the Clippers depth chart, and then you have the Lakers who have Rondo and Caruso at the guard. Then you have Danny Green, our guy, and they got Caldwell Pope with, I think, $7 million a year he's getting, which is mm-hmm. absolutely... Shout out to Caldwell Pope, man. This guy has legitimately made a career. He's made uh, something crazy amount of money just being a part of Clutch and just being there. There needs to be some kind of revisionist history talked about Contavious Caldwell Pope because it's insane how much money this guy's made. Um, so he's at the two. LeBron James, Nice Stevenson at the forward with Kyle Kuzma, Jared Dudley. And, of course, at the center you have Davis and McGee. And Tyson Chandler and Demarcus Cousin. Oh, Tyson! Wait, wait Tyson Chandler is in the Lakers. Too? Oh, yeah, yeah, he got him last year. Um, because James Jones said, "Here you go, LeBron. I love you. Take him for free." <laughs> His <laughs> guy. Yeah, yeah, Shout we'll, out James Jones. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wave him. You can pick him up for nothing and enjoy it. So you have that. What do you think? Um, I honestly think just because the the. You know, based on what we saw, because like for the most part for the Lakers, right? The some of the guys that that came back, um, like you know, Javale, um, Rondo, uh, KCP, like these guys that are coming back and they played with each other last year, and we know like exactly what happened to the Lakers last year. Um, they're pretty much running it back with the same team and just added a couple pieces, and you know, who knows what their kind of chemistry will kind of look like, you know, throughout the entire season and and things like that. I think that the Clippers have the upper hand right now just because of, like, just those guys that you mentioned, with, like, the depth that Clippers have. 
um, at each. They, they basically have like two dudes at like two or three dudes at each position kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that they're they're deep enough um, to kind of give uh, Paul and give uh, Kawhi a, a good amount of rest. Um, this kind of like it really reminds me of like the depth that the Raptors had. Um, otherwise, like Raptors wouldn't have won. You know, I don't remember how many games that they won. Probably seven, seventeen games or something like that when Kawhi uh, wasn't playing. Seventeen um, it's gonna and be six. The same. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's going to be the same deal with the Clippers. Um, I really liked what I saw last year from them. I know they got you know eliminated from, uh, by the Warriors, but I re- I remember that game where they came back by like you know twenty some points or whatever. Um, there was one Warriors kind of lacking focus and the Clippers also playing really well and just really trusting each other and yeah. the grit. And I think you need that because um, at some point down, down the road, you know, as a team, no matter how good you are, you're going to be kind of like in, in the dumps and you kind of need some sort of grit, some sort of firepower to kind of and get your get yourself, get your team kind of back into a, a winning position. And I think the Clippers have that. For me, the Lakers with DeMarcus, with... Um, with LeBron, with with Davis, Rondo, like a lot of these guys are just like, you know, kind of at, sometimes attitude problems or drama or whatever. I don't think that kind of stuff bodes well for the outlook of, of a team. Um, I do like the fact that they have some shooters there, like they have, you know, uh, Danny, obviously. Um, I really, you know, as much as people like to kind of um, give shit to, you know, Quinn Cook, Quinn Cook's on there now, right? So, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, I forgot I like, to, yeah, good, good, good call. Yeah, I, I like him. Um, KCP, I've, I mean, I've, I've seen the videos of, I think he's working with Lethal Shooter, so right. he's going to be like 50%. Right. This guy can lo- lo- lethal Shooter, he's, he can be locked in as much as he needs to be. This guy's not going to be, he's still trash. Yeah, 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 exactly. But like, in clutch moments, he's probably going to miss his shots. Yeah. Um, but overall team, definitely the Clippers, better makeup, better depth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah I agree. I think uh, we're going to, we can talk, and I guess continuing into further conversations or whatever it is. We're going to talk about basketball because we just love it. But at the end of the day, this feels like kind of like the Warriors uh, start where when they got KD where it's like, oh, all these things are happening in the league. But at the end of the day, they have KD and they ended up just winning. That's true. I think they have Kawhi and they have PG. And if they are load managing themselves, they might become like the third seed or something like that. And either way, just win. I think they're going to win. You yeah. need, you need, we've seen it so many times now in the playoffs, you just need a team that can, A, have players that get you buckets, and more importantly, who can defend multiple positions and the pick and roll yeah. effectively. And you have that yeah. in Paul George and Kawhi. Like, Paul George is arguably the top, a top three, top five defender. Top five. Kawhi Leonard is a top five, top, top two, top three, three defender. Yeah. Patrick Beverly is probably a top eight defender in the league. Top ten, he's definitely like a top three point uh, guard defender. Yeah, for sure. It's um, like a Gary Payton type of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's like they have the defensive side, and they have the interchangeable lineups they can run. They can run like a if they need to get some scoring in, you could run a Lou Will, um, Rodney Magruder, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Montrezl Harrell kind of a lineup. Uh, you run some defense. You get Patrick Beverly in there with Landry Shamit. <clears throat> it's just the interchangeability that they have. It kind of sucks too because fucking Doc Rivers. I hate him because I hate Boston uh, as much as as you know. And you know he's won championship in Boston. He might be in the running for at least another one to two championships. Um, 
which kind of sucks ass and makes me sad. But this team yeah, is well, so deep. Man. Kawhi is Kawhi's there. Support Kawhi. Let's let's put our focus on that. Fuck that. He's not on the Raptors anymore. What do I support him? Because <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I like him as a player. I yeah, yeah. Th nice job, Kawhi. Thanks for the chip. But fuck that. This guy's not on the Raptors anymore. <laughs> He's like you left us. I'm I'm not. No, not even that. I yo. I'm a homer, man. Apart from DeRozan because he's my favorite player. Fuck everything else. Kawhi Leonard's no longer in the Raptors. I hope we give him a standing ovation on the first kind of play when he's here. I hope yeah. nobody boos him. I don't know if you plan on going. I'm too broke or too poor to kind of go to any of the games where the major names I'll are I'll watch there. it at a bar. Yeah, exactly. Give him kind of its props when he first touches the ball, and then after that, it's game, man. Like, let's go. Fuck yeah. that. Fuck that. He left. He chose to leave. Irrespect. It's funny because, you know, have, do you remember the... The Socrates narrated promo for Sportsnet. No. You know where he's the hype video where they're talking about like he left and he left and he left. The the division is not the goal. Uh, the conference is not the goal. The goal is greatness. You don't remember that? That sounds very familiar. Bro, bro. the soccer this the Sportsnet one. The I from the playoffs. All right, you gotta go watch all three of them. Like I still watch it probably once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, and in it, he pretty much says, you know, they're talking about all the players that left, and then, sadly, and they make it sound like, you know, Kawhi is here, and let's embrace him or whatever. And what happens? Literally, the summer, he kind of leaves. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, he, we won the chip, so I'll, that's all sour. But yeah, no, fuck that. He's on. He's on. He's a Clipper. He's not a Raptor anymore. I'm a, I'm a homer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, one, one more thing I want to add for the Clippers. I, we haven't seen um, Kawhi yet at, um, you know, a hundred percent. Like, obviously in the Spurs, yeah, but, like, after the Raptors, like, you know, obviously he was only at, like, 70, 75, whatever. Yeah. He's not at 100%. Load management will definitely help, and I trust that their the Clippers' depth will definitely help a lot, yeah. um, support that, as well as Paul George. Think about the, the the first, I don't know, I remember how many games he played before he had those shoulder problems and the ligament problems, but... Bro, Paul he George, had a double shoulder surgery in March. <laughs> that's crazy. But he was balling out at the beginning of the season last year, though. Yeah. But those soldiers, you could tell in the playoffs. I think he shot like thirty-five percent or some shit like that from the field. True, um, but I don't know. I want to. I, I I'm interested to see what a healthy Paul George is going to do with a healthier Kawhi. So let's see how it turns out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, do you think they're done? Uh, done making moves? Yeah. No, because okay. my my take right now. So like of all the people that you mentioned um, on the Clippers, who their their weakest part, I think, is the center position. If, if well, they have Harrell. Yeah, but Harrell Harrell is he's a he's more of a power forward guy, right? They're gonna run him. I, th I think they're probably gonna run a lineup with uh, Paul George at the three, Kawhi at the four, and him at the five. Yeah. Um, do you think do you think their their weakness right now is at the center position, or do you think that kind I think of it's like their versatility is fine? I think it's at the two. Um. They have, like, Zubac gives you the minute. Like, they have enough lengthy guys, big dudes who can play the bigger positions. Um, I don't see what... Like, what competent team right now has a big man that you need to really worry about? Uh, what can I think of? I, like, I can't think of any. Uh, mm, Warriors, nah. Nuggets. Uh, I guess Jokic, but... But Jokic is more of like a facilitator. Exactly. So he's not going to be... He's a high guy. You're not going to be... Like, my biggest thing is, are they going to be able to rebound? Like, they have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're both 
pretty decent rebounders. Yeah. As is J. Michael Green and Montrezl. So I think they're fine with the big men, but my whole thing is they need to get some kind of security at the guards. Um, and that's where I, I think they should probably make a run at somebody. Yeah. Who, who, who else is left out there, though, for them to pick up? I think you probably go for Iggy. I think they're going to go for Iggy. Yeah. Like, that would be crazy, though. Yeah, but I think they're going to facilitate some kind of a move for Iggy. Um, Iggy wants to be on a championship team, and I think they're going to go for him. Like, he, he seems to be the only person I can think of that realistically makes sense. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, are you still there? Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? Oh, uh, sorry, your voice kind of like... Oh, sorry, yeah. No, yeah, so what do you think? Um, I think, yeah, I think Iggy would be a good pickup in terms of, because you were saying that, like, you know, they, they have a little bit of a weakness at, like, the guard position. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, they, they have Beverly, they have Lou, they have Shaman. You, you people forget that Shaman's, uh, he's 6'5", I think. Bro, Shaman's a beast. I love that guy. I, I, I yeah, I really like that guy. Sleeper. Sleeper. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. He For what? Kinda... Huh? <laughs> For what? No, he's just like us. You don't like people. Oh, people sleep. People sleep yeah, on him. Sleep people sleep on him. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> like, what was he sleeping for? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we can kind of like move interchangeably between you know the, the one and the two. Adding Iggy would definitely give them more uh, more depth for sure. Um, and now that you got like, if if Iggy goes on their team, now you have like three dudes like him, Kawhi, and Paul, like all just defense dudes, like. That, that, that'd be insane. Oh, but he's, also, he, sorry, sorry, sorry to interject. They also have more Harkless. I just remembered they got him. Ooh. Mo plays small forward, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that they also have him. I, we didn't talk about him. Oh, true. They have a lot of guys. They they're, have... they're, very, they're very loaded in like that front court, like small forward, power forward area. Yeah, yeah. And they have two, comp- two to three competent guards. I... Fuck. Sorry, finish your thought. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, so, I think, I, I, I don't know, like, adding Iggy, because, like, now, now that you mentioned Mo Harkless, now they're kind of pretty loaded in that front court, um. They just run Paul George oh. at the two or some shit? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think he's a good enough shooter. Oh, fuck, okay. Alright, enough about the Clippers, this shit's gone long, fuck yeah. the Clippers. Um, Lakers, right. what do you think the chances are here? Uh... For me, the biggest thing for me is definitely chemistry. I want to see how they how they gel. What kind of what kind of offense they they run? I, funny one, one thing that I saw um, before we kind of got on the pod on uh, on Instagram was uh, I saw that um, Woj or something was saying that you know they're gonna play LeBron at point a lot this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, which kind of makes sense just because. You know, if he's a guy who's really like doing a lot of the facilitating, um, he's gonna take a lot less of the beating, like in in the paint and, and things like that. You'll definitely see him kind of, you know, either he attacks right away or he just kind of spaces out and gives room to AD and and uh, you know maybe like to Marcus and, and things like that to um, you know to kind of do their thing in the paint. Um, so do I... they run? Sorry, so they, do they run like LeBron at the guard and then Kuzma? Um... Anthony Davis at the four and Kuzma at the three, and like uh, Demarcus yeah. or something. Yeah, um, I don't know if Demarcus is gonna. Yeah, I guess probably Demarcus is gonna start just based on his like 
his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and star power, but um, but yeah, I, it's just gonna be a lot of like it's. I don't know. It, it just seems a little cluttered in a sense because because it's like you have Demarcus and you have you know uh, Davis and you have Kuzma, and these guys kind of operate in and around the same space and yeah. unless you have like you know it would be cool to see them pick up Kyle Korver or something because that would be a great addition you know like he he can't really move like some crazy athlete but he can still shoot and go on the move and stuff like that um, for me if they pick up Korver that would be a huge help just because more so than Danny Green that was the one that was one of my gripes when he played when Danny played in Toronto um, not so much in San Antonio because it was a different system but in Toronto a lot of times he would just like stand in the corner and wait for the ball and, and catch it and shoot fine yeah. but he doesn't have any moves outside of that wait um, you mean the trap you didn't like the part where he got trapped in the finals uh, by draymond and he ended up turning it over to pascal you don't you didn't like that part uh, that play yo it was that it was that the exact probably one of those similar plays in the milwaukee series yeah like, way he dribbled uh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. dribbled. basically this guy this guy he it's a lot of like um What's it called? It's a lot of like Jonas type of things. Right? What I mean by that is like he 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 basically up fakes, dribbles the ball, and he picks it up after like a dribble, and he looks around. And he's like, "Man, who do I pass to?" Yeah. Like, bro, if you if you don't make a decision before you catch the ball, like if you think like because most shooters, right? You think about it, it's like, yeah, you need to be prepared before you catch the ball, and you need to read the defense before you catch the ball, so that when you catch the ball, you can react and do things accordingly. Well, Danny doesn't do that. He just like dribbles once picks up the ball and he now he's stuck and then some guys you know pre- um pressing him and then he turns up all over it becomes a fast break boot yeah yeah, yeah. um if corver goes on to the lakers he'll definitely give them a little bit more dimension um i don't think they have enough good shooting at this point in time um i really need the lakers to prove something to me first before i say anything about them but definitely i don't think that um they're going to be as successful as the Clippers. And the Clippers, for that head-to-head matchup in L.A., definitely the Clippers are going to win. Okay. So, of course. So you think the Clippers are going to be better than the Lakers? Yeah. I don't Your know, man. I don't know, man. I think that's for sure going to happen. I just think, in general, people are not appreciating how unguardable a LeBron AD pick and roll really is it that in itself is probably worth like you know the point like two and a half points per possession because you're just gonna be end up fouling somebody and he has to go to the line yeah like, for sure 80s i wish i had this uh, the advanced stats in front of me but like this guy at the hoop is actually you know what one sec let me let me just he's probably shooting a pretty high percentage around the rim who uh, davis? davis yeah so let me pull it up for one sec Anthony Davis at the rim is uh, at the rim shot uh, ninety. Last year he shot eighty eighty uh, six percent. Uh, he's a career ninety three percent from two points. Ninety three percent. Oh no! Sorry, that's a oh no 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 sorry 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 that's not his percentage. Uh, he's a, okay. He within the rim area he's a seventy three percent. Um, okay, that's still really good. Seventy fucking three percent, like that's so that's insane. He, he, that's as automatic as you can kind of get, right? Um, yeah. It, 
I think there's probably still they're definitely one player away from kind of finishing, I think. They're going to they're going to probably wait until the buyout market. I'm guessing trade KCP and like some kind of a uh some other value uh down the line. I'm not sure what it is, yeah. but they're probably going to And I also like Taylor Horder. Horton pilot also. I think this guy's going to be the kind of shooter the kind of shooter that they need and I think they're going to be able to maybe turn him into a spot up Danny Green type. Um, yeah. If it happens, we'll see. But anyways, okay, enough about the Lakers and about the Clippers. We talked a little bit about the draft. Who from the draft was, you know, and I guess summer league in general, who has been your uh, keeper, your sleeper, and your potential bust? Uh, keeper. Let's see, keeper, sleeper, and potential bust. Yeah. Uh. I kind of actually, you know what? Excuse me while I pull up the uh, summer league rosters. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No, I mean, you can just think from the top of your head. Who, in in any kind of games or in, in general, maybe from the draft, who was the guy, apart from, of course, Zion, maybe, who was the guy you're like, okay, this guy has a chance to, you know, be, be an all-star uh, or be a really good contributor to the team? I know people give a lot of, like, so, so, Take my opinion on the draft stuff with a with a grain of salt, just because I. Man, we, so, what do, we don't know shit. We're just we're just talking. We're just talking. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, no, because I because I was gonna say that I paid a lot less attention to college ball and, and draft in like the last like three years or four years or whatever. Um, so I kind of mainly just watched like highlights on YouTube and whatnot. But that being said, um, I. Uh, it sucks that Zion obviously got injured. I think he's out for the rest of the summer league or something like that, right? Well, they're um, just they're just, they're, just, they're load managing him. Load managing already, right? Right yeah. away, this kid, like twenty but, years old, uh, load managing. I think they also um, don't care. So it's just like, yeah, we we know you're gonna be good. Yeah, it's like summer league, like whatever. Yeah. Um, I really want to see uh, R.J. Barrett succeed. I think I I I like his game and. But I, I think I think that he's a little bit of like a because I, I remember I saw the stats for his uh, his first game and it was like ten points, four of eighteen. Like the amount of shot attempts reminds me a lot of like Westbrook type of attempts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, RJ has like really good length and and things like that. I think uh, he just needs to get better at a shot, um, just decision making and things like that. RJ Barrett is definitely somebody that I. Um, watch and i would want to watch for for the summer league and the rest of the season just to see kind of how he turns out because I, I know a lot there's he gets a lot of slack for kind of like how he was in uh in in duke you know yeah and, and so i think i think he'll he'll be fine um he's definitely not going to be a superstar at all i don't think who rj i don't yeah rj uh, i don't think he's gonna be, super I think he's gonna be a fucking superstar well let's 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 see how the next two i think he's gonna be rookie of the year Rookie of the year, eh? I think he's gonna be rookie of the year. You're 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 uh, not gonna think that uh, maybe Zion or uh, or John Morant or Morant is uh, is gonna you know make make a run for the for the rookie of the year. I think Zion is gonna have a better career, but compared to RJ, yeah, for sure. Like I think he's gonna have, in my opinion, the best career. Um, apart from every, everybody else, maybe but Kyle guy because you know I'm a Kyle guy. I'm a I'm a, I'm Kyle's guy. 
I'm a guys guy. I'm a I'm a Kyle guys fan. I'm a Kyle guy fan. So, but I like his game. That guy's that guy's gonna be good for the league, man. Uh, sorry. Uh, getting back to the point, I think RJ has the ability to manipulate the game in a better way than Ben Simmons does. I think he's of course defensively deficient. I think he he's still young and he's still rising to turn it over. But the fact that he's in New York, the fact that I think he's a really smart passer, he's a really smart player. This guy has the opportunity where he's gonna make a lot of mistakes, the Knicks are gonna stuck for the first two months and then they're gonna figure it out. And I legitimately think the Knicks have a chance to be the eighth seed this year because of how good RJ Barrett's gonna be. Wow. That's uh, that's is that your hot take? <laughs> that, that is. I, I talked about it last time too. I'm, the Knicks and Atlanta, I think, are going to be contending for the eight, seventh, and eighth seed. Yeah, this, I like Atlanta. Yeah, but but with, in terms of RJ, man, this guy, I think Coach K just wanted to exhibition Zion as much as he could because he's a fucking psychopath, and I think he had no idea actually how to play RJ. They need to run RJ in a similar kind of system. And I, I'm a big Fizdale fan. I think he's a great coach. So they're going to mm-hmm. run him. At the, they need to run him in, you know, something like a four protect one or lots of pick and rolls, something like Houston does with Harden. And I hate comparing lefties and lefties. It's such a, it's such a weak way to compare people, but it actually yeah. works out perfectly, I think. And I think that's going to end up being super, super beneficial for him. Now, the only other pro- problem is the Knicks roster is a bit weak, right? Like, their their depth happens to have... Um, actually, no, that's not true. They have decent depth, but they're young. That's the issue. Yeah, they have what? On, on the Knicks, they have uh, Julius Randle. Um, uh, they Dennis got Smith. Mitchell Robinson, who I love. I love that guy. Jerome Robinson? Is that his no, name? No. Uh, no, Mitch, uh, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got uh, some other guy. Yeah, yeah. They got uh, they got Dennis Smith, who's whatever. They got rid of Emmanuel, which I'm really happy about because I don't think he's a right fit here. Um, yeah, he doesn't. I still don't know if he's Good trash. Good pick up for Utah, though. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I I still believe that guy can score, give you buckets, um, and now he's in a good system, so it's smart. Yeah. So they they have these, and Dennis Smith, I think, is the type of guy who you literally say. Play him like a Lou Will type of thing, saying just go give me buckets. That's all I need you to do. Don't play defense. Run yeah. like a run like a lineup with Dennis Smith, Alfred Payton, R.J. Um, Randall Mitchell or some some shit like that. They're gonna let in points, but they're gonna be able to get buckets. And I think they have. I think people are not appreciating how good this guy's gonna be. Right now, when it comes to um, what's his name, Zion, I think. I love Pelicans. I mean, in the last pod I said they have also a chance for the eighth spot. I just think he's going to have some issues with his weight. Um, he's probably not going to play as many games, and that's going to end up being the big, a determining factor. Yeah, he, he definitely needs to, like, um, slim down a little bit. Um, I remember I remember uh, Gilbert Arenas on his pod, he was just, he was just like, basically, like, criticizing about, like, kind of, like, the type of player that Zion is, just the fact that he's kind of, like, you know, um, he's not, like, a... He, he's somewhere in between, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, he's so big, but he's kind of, like, a little bit overweight for his position, like, and things like that. Um, I think when he's, once he works with the trainers, I mean, I yeah. remember, right, these guys coming coming in from college, like, they, they, 
don't eat anything else except for like you know Whatever. fast food like that right so um once they get into the league and and they you know work with the trainers and know how to work out properly diet properly um you know have a have a set routine i think that you know zion will be like pretty un- unstoppable yeah uh, but I, th- I think this is not his year i think in terms of the rookie of the year kind of thing it's just that uh, that pelicans team happens to be pretty pretty decent i guess i mean you still have drew you still have, uh, and they're also building pretty well. So you still have like, you know, with Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, all these guys are gonna be able to take a lot of pressure off of him, I think. And yeah, I think the Pelicans are, are like have have decent depth. Yeah, if they're not gonna be contending for the eighth, they're gonna be like, they're not gonna. Th- th- think about it this way: they're not worried about shit. What do we do for the future? This team has a deep future, and I think they're gonna do well. Now again, the only issue is that they're still in the West, and that's a big problem in itself. But for the sake of Rookie of the Year, man, I'm telling, you, I have a feeling that RJ is going to be the one. And, and then you're going to get some stupid hot takes thing: Is Zion overrated? Is he Julius Randle 2.0? All this stuff, and it's going to be stupid. This is again back to why I hate the media because they're going to regurgitate his bullshit, and all of them are going to run with it, and it's going to be. Where they comparing Zion to Julius Randle? Oh, it's already started. You you haven't heard it before? No, no. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised because they're both lefties. They kind of in similar kind of like makeup. Obviously, yeah. like Zion's like pretty, you know, like he's a pretty hefty guy. He's different from Julius Randle, and, and um, I think also didn't. I think Julius Randle also plays a little bit more. He spaces out a little bit more than than, than Zion, right? Zion's just more straight up, just like attacking the rim and and things like that, catching lobs and whatnot. But I think Julius Randle definitely plays more with the you know, the, the the handoffs, and he actually can shoot some some like high posts like jumpers from the high posts and, and and things like that and back to the basket with the you know lefty hook and things like that so they're yeah. completely I mean, that's the thing with like comparisons too i know i do a lot of nba comparisons as well with different players but um with the media i think they they just kind of like pull two players that seem like they're similar yeah. together and say that there you go that's a comparison yeah. that's their best case for worst case that's your upside it's like no that's not they're, they're different players they, they play they came from different systems they're playing in different systems like you know their skill sets are different so you can't compare them hello yeah yeah okay yeah yeah i completely agree so all right so we're almost out in like an hour let's just um let's just go off to what you think about the standings for next year give me uh, your give me your top eight for the eastern conference Alright, uh, my top eight, let's see. Um, first, definitely uh, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, second is the Sixers. The third, um, let's see. Maybe maybe Pacers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would put Pacers up there. Um, I think having Brogdon, um, having uh, Oladipo back. I'm not sure when. Do you he's, know? He's going to come in Oladipo? the second half of the year. Oh, second half of the season. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, so probably after like you know All Star break or something like that. Yeah. Because um, I think because like for for me Pacers played pretty well last year without Oladipo. Now they have Brogdon kind of like a little bit more versatile. I think they can do pretty, pretty well for themselves. Hey hey Nikki, uh, you don't need to sell me on Pacers, buddy. I think they're gonna be second best team in the, in the conference. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, so Pacers is my third, um, fourth. I don't know if Miami is gonna be that high. I don't know. I was with the hot takes with the Knicks. 
No, no, no. I, I don't think Miami's going to be that high. Um, I think Rap, uh, Raptors are still going to be decent. Yep, I agree. I think Raptors are going to Raptors are going to hover somewhere between the four to the six spot. Yeah, I agree. Four, five, six, somewhere, somewhere there. So let's just say I'll, I'll put Toronto on, on on the fourth spot. Okay. Fifth spot. Um, what do we have left? Boston. We have Boston, Miami. We have like Nets. Detroit. Ah, uh, yeah, the Brooklyn. Um, let's see, my fifth. So I said my fourth was Toronto. My yeah. fifth would be Boston. Okay. Um, and then my sixth would be Miami. The okay. seventh would be Detroit, and yes. the eighth would be Brooklyn. Yes, my guy. <laughs> yes. Is that is that is that what you said last time? No, I said the Nets aren't making the playoffs. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's what I'm happy about. Because, again, this is one of those things where everybody's like, oh, Kyrie's on that team. They're still going to be great. Eh. 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 It's a, it's a Kyrie team with, like, an older DeAndre Jordan. And, eh. well, you, we, and then, you know, no KD, and we're going to count on Spencer Dinwiddie. I do, but I don't think that's – I think D'Angelo was so huge for that team, man. This guy, I, think, Yo, I was, I was I, looking I, at it this I, afternoon. I, I think he was something like um, within three minutes – I think he's like sixty-seven percent on a clutch factor, or some shit like that, or something like that. in the sixties percent. Yeah, D'Angelo definitely matured a lot after he went to Brooklyn. Um, I think he, he, you know, aside from I don't I don't think his defense was the greatest probably, but no. in terms of offense, I think he he really had a really good production and pretty efficient as well. And um, sucks that sucks that he's not playing in Brooklyn anymore. I would have taken him over Kyrie, um, just in the simple fact of him. You know, D'Angelo being a little bit more controlled. I love uh, what you're saying, Nikki. Just, I'm almost there, baby. Just keep going. <laughs> Honestly, I really like D'Angelo's game. Like, I was a huge fan um, ever since he uh, moved over to to Brooklyn. And just, you know, because like the way that they were playing before, they they really allowed him to, uh, you know, run that pick and roll. They they kind of spread the floor out to to give him space and and things like that. And even even if he's not a guy who has the ball right off the bat. Um, yeah. Let's say if him and Dinwiddie are playing the one and the two with, with you know Spencer kind of bringing up the ball, um, right off the catch with D'Angelo, like he'll he'll attack right away and he'll make good reads and and things like that. So uh, he's remember the guy's still like what like 22, 23. This guy has so much upside. So shout out to the Warriors for picking him up. You know? I think well apparently he's gonna get traded and I kind of believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't I don't anticipate him being in the Warriors for a, for a long time at all yeah. um but it's just kind of one of those things for them to kind of fill in the spot when uh, clay and you know clay is out and and things like that they don't really have a lot of firepower on the warriors uh, outside of steph and and maybe a couple other dudes i don't know but um but yeah i sucks that d'angelo can't be on, on the nets I, i'm a big fan of that guy man i think he's completely <laughs> underrated and, yeah um, i'm also a big hater of a, uh what's his name Kyrie irving so Oh yeah, I'm don't even, that, that's probably another. That's probably another pod. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan. So okay, so give me your sleeper if for the East then, and then we can go to the West real quick. Yeah, uh, sleeper for the East. Um, what do we have left in the East? Honestly, oh, we have Washington, right? But I don't think don't, Washington's got yeah, a whole no. lot. Left. No, no. Um, we have Orlando. Yes, but Orlando. I, I, I would say Detroit, Brooklyn. So it's kind of like last year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with the exception of Brooklyn being sixth last year, but Detroit, Brooklyn, and um, the Magic, and uh, what did I say, Orlando, the Magic, the Magic, I, yeah. yeah, again the same three teams that are gonna just keep on cycling throughout the 
seventh, eighth spot, ninth spot type of thing. She's gonna keep rotating as the year come, comes along. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Orlando, um, they might they might sneak into that that spot um, for the for the eighth spot, but uh, but but we'll see. But I, I can't really see anybody else in the in the East kind of you know getting up there. To, yeah, uh, I agree. To battle with those guys, so well, I mean, um, I think the Hawks are gonna be eighth, but yeah, anyways. All right, go to your Western Conference. Uh, Actually, yeah, no. So, sorry, oh, sorry. What do you think about my take about the Hawks or the Knicks being the seventh, eighth seed? Um, you mean them to kind of like sneak sneak yeah, up there? Yeah. Um, Hawks, maybe. I I actually want to. It's a definitely a league pass team. Oh, hundred percent. League pass team. Um, league pass. I, yeah, because I, I forget. Uh, was it Bill Simmons or somebody? I think it was on Bill Simmons' podcast where he was saying uh, that the way that the Atlanta Hawks are being made up right now with, with Trey kind of at the point and kind of how they have all these, like, the, these wing players and, and things like that. Jabari Parker just signed for two years or something like that uh, today. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, let's see that. how important that is. but Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think just the, the makeup of their team, like, I think Bill, like, compared it to, like... Uh, the Warriors? Using the, the, yeah, the Warriors, the mold of the yeah. Warriors. Um, they're a definitely up-and-coming team. I, I, I don't expect them to kind of sneak into any playoff contention this year but let's say give it um, maybe two years and and see who else that maybe one more person star talent perhaps or maybe just like at least a b plus kind of player for them for them to kind of like make a little bit of a push so that they're kind of similar to how brooklyn was in a sense when they kind of you know went into the playoffs uh, last year and, and things like that so yeah. Yeah, so sleeper definitely should be the Hawks next year, not this year. You don't think so? This is my sleeper is Orlando. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, um, just to give you a kind of example, uh, from an efficiency kind of offens- uh, offensive uh, efficiency perspective, um, Atlanta actually had among the highest values. I don't have it in front of me because I forgot it on my work computer. I was kind of working on it. Um, but they had our among the most efficient kind of offense. There she was a defense, so take that for what you will, I suppose. Yeah. All right, go to Western Conference. You're, you're... All right. Um, so, yeah, so quickly, uh, the West, uh, before Kawhi was uh, was uh, a clipper and Paul George was a clipper, I was going to say that um, Utah was going to be my first. All right, no, uh, no, no, no caveats. What do you think you're right now? Um, I think Clippers will be the first. Okay. Um, I think the second will be Utah. The third will be Lakers. Okay. Fourth will be Houston. Houston, wow. Yeah, unless unless I'm who else am I missing? That's kind of like Denver. A, uh, Denver. Oh yeah, Denver, and then there's Portland. Yeah. You know what? I, uh, stick with your guns, man. Stick 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 with no, your no, guns. No. If you top top three, top three. So I said I said uh, I said Clippers, Utah, Lakers. Top three, that's unchangeable. Yeah. Four, I would say Portland. Wow. Portland. Portland, um, and then I would say Portland, Houston, Denver. Whoa. Portland, Houston, Denver. Okay. Um, and then where am I at now? I said three more teams. That's six, so I have yeah. two more. Uh, um, yeah. Who rounds it off for well, the seven, eight? Round, round it off. Yeah, who, who else is the in the Spurs. West? That's like Dallas, right? That's in the West. Dallas, um, Spurs, Pelicans, Grizzlies, Timberwolves. Spurs, seventh. Um. Okay. I was gonna say maybe Pelicans can sneak into that eight spot. Yes. Maybe, maybe Pelicans drink can the Kool Aid, baby. Spot. 
Drink that Kool-Aid, <laughs> baby. Because, yeah, I think, th- I think that the assets that they got on that team, the guys that they picked up, I think... Uh, I got Lonzo. Like, they got Lonzo. They got, you know, Ingram. Because Ingram's going to be back with... Because um, he, he's, like, fine now, right? He should well, be hopefully. getting the season. Knock on wood, hopefully. Um, yeah, so I feel like they can probably sneak in there. And if they can... Uh, that be because that's, that's just a group of young guys there with yes. pretty, the exception of like what Drew Holiday and yes. stuff like that. Um, I think I think that Drew would probably be a great mentor um, because I I've always thought like he uh, Drew was a pretty steady point guard and, and he can kind of play the one and the two based on his like, just like his length. Um, I think that yeah he's gonna be a great mentor to Lonzo. Um, hey, also uh, the best backcourt in the league. Arguably, and defensively. Uh, oh, you mean the the Pelicans with La, Lonzo and and Drew? Yeah. Yeah, I mean both both of them got good length, far more so uh, Lonzo than anything. But like in terms of point guard for like defensively, like yeah, definitely there, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so it would be a great chance for these young guys. Like if they can make, I, I want to see them make it to the eighth spot just so that they can. They're probably gonna like lose. In the first round but i just want the i just want these guys to kind of have that experience of being on that stage yep. um be good for all those young guys be good for zion and can, can only those guys you know man super talented yeah. um i think they they definitely have you know a, a bright future so i think playoff contention and playoff experience will definitely help their uh you know help them improve their their overall game and their career all right so your your sleeper pick is then like how i gave the knicks and the atlanta hawks Who's your Who's your sleeper then? The Pelicans. My sleeper. Um, no, no, because I said because I said that Pelicans are probably gonna be okay. the eight spot, right? Um, my sleeper, I would say Dallas. Hey. I like hey. Dallas. I like Luca. I like uh, whoever else they picked up on there. So who Who do they have on there? Oh, they got Seth Curry. Um, they got Porzingis. Um, now, now that Porzingis is going to be like healthy, right? Healthier. Yeah. Um, I want to see how they do. Um, I liked. I loved Luca's game last year. Um, he was, uh, you know, pretty pretty in control for the most part. But a lot of times he kind of gets caught in, in kind of, you know, having to make decisions like whether he's in the air or kind of like when he's has no options to go and then he ends up turning the ball over for, you know, attempting a, a, a bad shot, like bad shot selection, things like that. Um, I think Luca you know, can only go up from here for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've always liked that Dallas team. Um, so they're definitely my sleeper team for sure. I don't know who else would be my sleeper for the rest of the West. I don't know. Do you have a, who, I forget who, who's your, who's your sleeper in the West? I got to change my thing. So I kind of made a mistake in it too. You forgot the Warriors too, I, I think. Oh, shit. I'm guessing you want to slot the Warriors seven and the Spurs eight. Um, Let's see. I had, okay, let's see. For top three, I had it was uh, Clippers, Utah, Lakers, mm-hmm. Portland, Houston, um, they own, uh, Denver, Houston, Denver, Spurs, and then Pels. Yeah, okay. Okay, around Pelicans are gonna shift down a okay, spot. That's fine. <laughs> Pelicans, Pelicans is my sleeper team. Okay, nice, nice. nice. All right, Warriors. I don't know if Warriors gonna be eighth. I can't see them being eighth. That's pretty low for a Warriors team because they still are the Warriors. Um, maybe. I'll put them at seventh. I say Spurs are the eighth spot, and then Pelicans. Okay. Um, I gotta change right. mine a bit. I think I think Utah's first. I think Denver's second. 
I think the Clippers are third, the Lakers are fourth. Mainly because of load management, I think. They're True. Gonna, they're gonna they're gonna sack a few games. They're gonna say whatever. Um. So I think Utah. So you know Utah Clippers, Denver, LA, and then probably the Dubs at five. Houston at six. Um. Uh, Trailblazers seven. Trailblazers dropping to seventh, really. Yeah, yeah. I think they lost. Uh, I, I, sure I think. I think. Game. Can't do me like that. Oh, uh, th- wait. What's the? Yeah, I think Portland. Unfortunately, just. I think the uh, other teams got better. Sure. And that's gonna in itself kind of turn into a couple more losses every year. And. That's gonna suck, and that suck. I don't, I don't, I don't see how they haven't. I, I don't want to say Evan Turner was good, but I think he was serviceable on that team. Yeah. Uh. There, I don't see what Ken Bazemore does for that team, considering he. No, that was that was a that swap was just kind of random because Bazemore probably his comparison, like his comparing him to Evan Turner, he probably has just like a little bit more length. Yeah. Yeah. But he's on defensive stopper. Yeah, yeah. And he'll he'll give you what like maybe fifteen, eighteen minutes off the bench or something like that. Maybe he'll give you like ten points or something like that. Maybe four assists and that's about it. A couple of steals, yeah. So yeah, so I think them seventh and then the eighth spot probably like a toss up. Probably the Spurs or the Pelicans, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Spurs now now that they're not the old Spurs anymore, it's like they're usually gonna hover seventh, eighth. That's kind of like thing hey by the way and this is something that literally no one's talking about and i'm glad uh, i'm getting my voice out i was running a couple of um just looking at advanced stats for the year mm. and of course as predicted they run the most amount of mid-range jumpers um in the league during regular yeah. season the second happens to be um golden state last year actually so you said mid-range jumpers? Yeah, the mid-range. So, and the reason I'm bringing this up is I think everybody's gone way too far into three points, three points, three points. And that's yeah. fine. But we see it literally every single year in the playoffs how it isn't about the most efficient shot. It's about better whether the best shot is. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to be that that distance for a lot of these guys in games when it comes to the playoffs and it comes to the, you know, when it matters they just can't have they can't translate that shooting into the playoffs and i think personally we're going to see a kind of a move back towards the mid-range and the spurs have started it and they're quietly doing it they've quietly done it the last year they've been the big leaders of it uh, and you kind of do see it so what's happened as well just kind of ended off sorry do you have any more ending thoughts and or should i just end with no, this no, i'm i'm good go ahead okay so the spurs kind of did what a lot of the NBA has been doing is, you know, we've been taught the corner three is the best three to take because yeah. of the distance. But what if I were to tell you the last three or four years, teams in general have been taking the least proportionate amounts of their shots from the corner. Interesting. Right? right? And and the reasoning is, again, team. You, everybody knows you're going to kick it out as soon as you drive. 
the guys know this now from a defensive standpoint. They run out to the, the guy, and the best play what you do is you literally kind of do a little hezzy or a fake, and then you drive and you hit the mid-range. And you started to see it, again, I, I think you're, you're seeing a little bit with the, the Spurs. You're, of course, you have them having a bunch of specialized three-point shooters. Also, by the way, they lost Bertans, which is unfortunate. Yeah, he was a sick shooter, though. Yeah, uh, but I think we're going to have a kind of a movement where it's not going to be the Houston style. I think it's going to be much more the Spurs slash Golden State style, where you have the mid-range actually be used because it's just it's the best shot available at the time, and people are actually going to start taking it. Yeah. So, do you think? Do you think so? You you mentioned uh, kind of like a move back to the to the mid range. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the primary thing. I think it's going to be more proportionally. It's going to be used more than it has yeah. been, because we've just so, gone complete haywire and we got to the other side where it's just Houston style. Where yeah, yeah. for sure. It's it's been like a, either you drive to the rim or you uh, you shoot some deep three pointers. That's pretty much it. And the yeah. mid range is just like if somebody needs to run you off the line, then okay, fine, I'll take a mid range type of thing. Yeah. Um, do you think? Uh, that you know, with the game transitioning, potentially transitioning to you know, kind of a little bit more mid-range, do you think we're going to see um, post-play come uh, come back? No, I don't think so. I think that it takes. Well, it depends, right? I think that's and whatever people will say, I'm being stupid or whatever. I think it's one of the best, better ways to stop teams that have these high-flying three-point shooters. If you happen to have a better points per possession. In the mid, in the post play, why not just suck time out from teams like you know, obviously not the current Golden State, but you know how the Golden State had the famous three point uh, third quarter runs they used to have. Yeah. That yeah. the best way to counteract that is if your post play happens to be good, why not just suck time out yeah. of, of the clock and just kind of limit the amount of possessions that Golden State has to completely kill you in that third quarter yeah. run. I don't think yeah. teams did that. And maybe they have... The, and maybe, I mean, I'm sure teams are smart enough to know why, but I just think that that is an option. Um, I yeah. just don't think we're going to go back to the post play necessarily because all the new players are learning how to shoot threes, and it just is more efficient to do that, just the space. Yeah, but I, sure. I, I do think we're going... To, our average kind of distance is going to teeter towards the mid-range rather than go completely to the post play because it's just too efficient to um, have guards kind of run high pick and roll get fouled and rather than have a guy banging and never get fouled um, mm-hmm. which yeah. ki- which yeah. actually kind of is scary because if we go towards that route we're going to go the Houston route which absolutely I hate where you're just looking for fouls and because that is the most efficient shot right yeah you're all you were saying you were saying you you dis- dislike fouls right I hate fouls. It's, it ruins yeah, the game for me. Ru- I think they, the whole- didn't they? Um, didn't they? Like I remember, like when people had those like hack a hack a shack type things. People were like, "Oh, you know, it's slowing down the game," and it for sure is. And I so I that's why when when Kyrie was like kind of like complaining about like Giannis gets fouled like X amount of times he and blah blah blah. Like I understand his frustration because you know it slows down the game for you and and you kind of can't do anything except foul the guy because you know he's. You know, from three point line, he's like two steps, and then he's towards the rim. So, yeah. um, it's it's tough with the, with all these guys, kind of you know, you know, being so versatile, being so lengthy, they can play in multiple positions, and and the f- it, people are just gonna keep following. That's just kind of how it is. But yeah. you just kind of have to find a way to get away from that. It's like if you know, if he, it's like if using the example of Giannis, it's like if you want to get away from the fouls, it's just it's like okay, yeah, like Giannis gonna drive towards the rim. 
fine let him get a dunk or whatever or let him scream and stuff like that and boom just like go right away and just like do some like um semi-transition type of thing and just attack like like that yeah and yeah. it changes it up a little bit yep i agree and maybe that is the way we kind of do it i, I don't know um, yeah. and i guess maybe if you want one way to uh incorporate maybe a post game or whatever maybe that's one thing where teams know you're legitimately going to start fouling the league decides okay we need to get a little bit more stringent on how drives are kind of you know refed effectively um yeah maybe that's maybe they make it harder maybe make it you have to foul a bit harder and then that post game kind of stuff is back i don't know but yeah we'll I, see Honestly. I, yeah i just i just hope that they don't go the route of um just like I just hope they don't go the route of uh, teams just going. Let's just drive, drive, do the do the James Harden Houston kind of bullshit. Um, yeah, that that's why. Like, I I respect um, kind of the efficiency sometimes that that uh, Harden plays with. Um, you respect I, it? No, like I I respect it in terms of like the shot making ability. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be clear on that. Um, well, I mean, it helps that he, he travels literally every other play. For sure, but <laughs> like let's say like take out the traveling portion of it. Um, I think you know in terms of his. You know, reads going towards the rim. Obviously, he gets fouled, gets the benefit of the call, and all that stuff. Um, his shot making ability is second to none for sure. But I, I when I watched Harden in OKC and seeing the way that he kind of like was so under control, I really enjoyed that version of Harden. Not that I don't enjoy the version of Harden now, but more so that more controlled Harden run the team. Um, obviously, OKC versus Houston, like the. It, completely different roles for him mm -hmm. right obviously he wouldn't have been a superstar if he didn't go to go to houston and kind of like you know flourish in that way um but yeah just harden he you know when he goes towards the rim and gets all these fouls and you know all the flailing filling the arms like you know all this stuff and trying to draw fouls and stuff like that it just makes the game so hard to watch because yeah, you'll yeah. have harden dribble you know the ball you know for like 20 seconds and then he'll drive towards the rim in the last second or he'll do this travel step back thing trying to get fouled and you know gets the benefit of the call and it goes towards the rim and it's just like why am i watching basketball <laughs> like let me where's my where's my uh, og spurs you know what i mean like that's kind of like the brand of basketball that, that, yeah like, I, I, hey man uh, that was my I, that was my second favorite team so that's why i was kind of happy that raptors man <laughs> oh yeah yeah sure um because i tim duncan used to be my favorite player I, I loved, you know me, I, mean, I like the low post and I like beating sure. somebody down. So I used to love that guy. Yeah, that, that's that, that's also a whole other pod, just talking about like the OG Spurs and their offense. So. Yeah. All right, man, this was fun. Thank you for coming again. Uh, no, thank you for having me on, man. Uh, yeah, so thank you guys for kind of listening to the second pod. And hopefully, I wanted to keep it around an hour. I think we've gone about an hour 15, probably as long as the last one. So, um Keep listening. Hopefully, whatever you know, feedback or anything you guys have. I know the audio issues are there. I'm trying to fix it. But in terms of the content, if you guys like it, I'd love to keep talking. If you want to come on and have a conversation about anything, I want to branch out into like a little bit of philosophical kind of questions as well. Um, I, I mean, I've talked to you sometimes about this, Nikki, too. So I like having those, you know, why are we here and all that kind of those kind of conversations. So. Uh, hey, listen, if you want to yeah, come on, uh, anybody listening, let me know. I'd love to have a conversation. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely come on just to talk about those. 
Oh yeah, you're you're a religious guy, so that that'd be good. Okay, so uh, thank you again, and yeah, I'll see you next time, guys. Bye. All right, thanks, man.